Okay, good morning, Mishnah Rabbi Kron. We are on top of Samach Tes Amit Beis. So yesterday we concluded with um, discussion around when you collect the what's known as the dowry for the for the for the woman. Um, we talked about basically, basically the situation was that the father had passed away. We, we had some conversation about that, and then we where we ended up yesterday was around. The concept of of that you collect pretty much from real property and not from movable property, and that led to a whole story between Rav Anan and Rav Huna. Rav Huna, um, Rav Anan sent sent a, a question or a message to Rav Huna, and he re- didn't refer to him as Rav Huna; he referred to him as Huna. Huna didn't like it. He sent him back. Um, he sent somebody, and he told the person if he didn't say the message in the exact same way, he would put it in Chayrim. And he told him he called him Anan, not Rav Anan, and he added in this question, which he didn't really understand, and it kind of concluded that if you don't understand the question, you shouldn't be calling him Huna, you should be calling him Rav Huna, and, the, and the, it ended up leading into the Mishnah, basically saying that the halacha is that you that you um, collect from real property, not from movable property, whether we're talking about um, for any of the concepts, whether it's for the dowry, whether it's the parnasa, whether it's for support, which is Mizonos, or whether it's for the Ksuba itself. So now starting the New Mishnah, and this will should take us through the end of the parak today. Um, Mishnah begins Hamashlish Maoslavito. So someone appoints or someone deposits with um, a trustee for his daughter money, um, so that after he dies, so that he can um, buy for her um, some sort of field. So in other words, the goal is, is that he gives money to the to the um, to this trustee, trustee says, if I'm not able to, I want you to buy this um, field for my daughter. The purpose of that is that she can own the field. And and there's a concept when it comes to a woman getting married. Um, there's two things. It was known as Nixay Malog, Nixay Son Barzel. In either case, the husband is able to benefit in one way or the other from the property, but the property really remains with the wife herself um, in one form or another. Um, but bottom line is he, he tells his trustee, buy this for my daughter um, so that she'll have it. But he omers, she says, Neman you know, I trust my husband. You don't have to buy me a field and let me hold on to it. Just give my husband the money. And when he's ready or when I need it, I'll, if I need a field, I trust that he'll buy the field for me. Um, um, Diver Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says, no, he shouldn't listen to what the wife, what the wife says, what the daughter is saying. He should still do what he was commanded to do. You know, he should do that. The person who died made a gave him an edict to do to buy a field, and he should do what he was told to do and not listen to what the daughter is saying. Rabbi Yossi Omer he disagrees. He says, "What's the point of this? Like, once he buys her the field and she has the field, a second later she could just sell it. Like, once she owns the field, you know, so." What's the point of the trustee buying the field? If she wants to, she could just sell the field and do what she wants with it. So it's as if it's already sold. So why bother saying that the guy has to buy her the field um, and go from that? Um, what are we talking about here? And the Gemara is going to question, what are we talk? What are we even talking about when we say because we just said two cases. This is the first case where um, Rabbi Mayer says... Um, he says that he has to follow what the what the what the father told him to do, or is it Raviosi where he says um, he should just give her the money because she's she could sell it anyway? So which case are we talking about? Well, Gamar will talk about that. But in any case, Ahmed Devar Mamur and Bigdola. It's only when she's an adult. Avabiktana, if she's 
below age, ain't ma'asekatana klum. What she says really is, is doesn't mean anything. So again, the Gemara will, will try to figure out, are we talking about Remeyer, are we talking about Riosi? But in any case, the statement is, is that is only, whatever we're talking about only applies when they're above age. Tanarabana, Hamashlish ma'os, starting the Gemara. Tanarabana, Hamashlish ma'os, lechasna, likach behen levito. So someone, again, similar case, someone gives the trustee for the benefit of the son-in-law, so in other words, the son-in-law can benefit from the field, to buy a field for the daughter, meaning, same thing, he buys a field for the daughter, and it becomes, depending upon the concept, either nechse malog, nechse son barzel, so the, the daughter has ultimate ownership, but the son-in-law is able to benefit one way or the other from the, from the field itself. So he gives the trustee this money to go buy this for the daughter and the son-in-law to benefit, Behil Meris, and she says, same thing like we just learned, give it to my husband, uh, you know, don't bother, just give it. Give the money to my husband, I don't, I don't need you to buy me a field. If it's after they're fully married, they've gone through Averson and Nisuin, and once they're already married, she has the right. At that point, she can say, you know what, don't buy me the field, just give the money to my husband. But if they're only, you know, engaged, they're not fully married. He should do what exactly what he's told to do. So Remeyer's line of difference is pre-Nesuin or post-Nesuin, right? So if they're only gone through Arisin and they have not gone through Nesuin, he would say that he has to do what the father said. If it's after Nesuin, then he can listen to the wife. So that's where Rabbi Meir draws the line. Rabbi Yossi Omer Hagadola, if she's old enough, over, you know, she's an adult, regardless of whether she's just engaged or whether she's fully married, she is able to choose to, you know, to give the money directly to the husband. But if she's below age, whether she's fully married or only engaged, he should do, he has to do what he was told to do. So Rabbi Yossi's line of, of um, demarcation is age. You know, how is she older or younger? And Rabbi Meir's line of demarcation is, is it Arison or Nisuin? So that's, that seems to be where they're, they're staking out their territory. So my binaho, so what is, the, what is the argument between them? What are they really arguing about here? Maybe we would say that the case that they're really fighting about is where you have, yes, it was full Nisuin, but we're talking about a katana. The Rabbi Meir because Rabbi Meir says that it's all about um, Arison versus Nisuin. So for him, once she's married, she's married. It doesn't matter how old she is. Rabbi Yossi says it doesn't matter at what point, uh, what point they are in the marriage cycle. It's all about age. So someone who's who is gone through Nisuin. Um, Rabbi Meir would say it's fine, um, regardless of the age. And Rabbi Yossi would say um, only if she's old enough, not if she's young enough. Now, if she's too young, I mean. Um, Ema Seifa. But what about the end of our our uh, Mishnah, where it says, Ava um, Baktana, when we're talking about someone who is below age, Ein Masektana Klum, right? We said we said this up above at the end of the Mishnah. So, um, you know, what the what the someone who's a below age, whatever they say or do, doesn't really mean anything. How Makasani So who who like we said earlier, which part of the Mishnah is this going against? Is it going against Rabbi Meir? Is it going against Rabbi Yossi? Um, 
If you want to say that it's going against Rabbi Yossi, you already know from according to the first part of the Mishnah um, that that's, that Rabbi Yossi says does he does it, he, Rabbi Yossi's whole point of view is um, it's all about age anyway, right? He doesn't care about where you are in the marriage cycle. Rabbi Yossi's point of view is you're either older or younger, so he always says the younger doesn't the younger wouldn't work. So what does it add on to him? If if you know it was a field that she already had and she wanted to sell it, that's what he says in the mission, right? He says, if go back to the mission, she can sell it right away. Um, that only works if she's an adult, right? If she's an adult, she's allowed to sell the field. If she's if she's below age, she is not able to sell the field on her own, so you wouldn't listen to her. So it seems to be redundant to say that that statement is going to Rabiosi because Rabiosi's whole point of view is it's all about whether she's old enough or young enough, right? So that second, that added statement doesn't really add anything. El Rabbi Meir, maybe we must say it's Rabbi Meir. And what's really going on here is that the verbiage of the Mishnah is missing words. And this is what it really says. So back in what Rabbi Meir, back in the mission of the, the mission says, according to Rabbi Meir, that the that the um, that the trustee has to um, do what he's told to do. And when is that makes? When do you do that? Mina Arison. It's only after Arison. Aval Mina Nesuin Harishus Biada, but. Um, the um, but the um, but once once she's married once she's fully married she has the right to sell the field then and then you would add in the second the add, added part at the end of the mission of and what when does this apply big only when they're an adult but if she's too young so therefore this seems to this seems to imply that both Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi would agree that someone who's below age isn't listened to even after Nesuin. So we're back to the question about what do what are they arguing about? Ella gedola mina erasin What they're really arguing about is what someone who's a gedola who's above age, but they've only gone through erasin because we learned you know because that that seems to be one of the points of disagreement, right? We said that. Um, one one um, Rabbi Meir's line is either before Arison no, after Nesuin yes, and Rabbi Yossi was the one who said it was about age, so maybe there, there's a difference. So if, if the, the Gedola always works according to Rabbi Yossi, but it doesn't work according to Rabbi Meir when it's only Arison, so maybe that's what they're disagreeing about. Um, Itmar, Rabbi, so the bottom line is like, so who does the Halacha follow? So maybe yes, that that's what they're disagreeing about. Itmar, so who, who does the Halacha follow? Rabbi Huda Amr Shmuel, he says that Rabbi Huda says the name of Shmuel, Halacha Rabbi Yossi, that we'd follow Rabbi Yossi. And again, Rabbi Yossi is the one who says um, regard, that, that it's all about age. Um, Rava Amr Rav Nachman, Halacha Rabbi Meir says, no, they say no, it's the other way around, and it's all about, it's all about the, the line in the sand in terms of whether they're engaged or married. Ilfa Tala Nafsheb Iskra de Machusa. So Ilfa went and he was standing on the top of the mast of the sail. Just to give a little bit of background on this, this goes back to a Gemara in Tanis. A Gemara in Tanis tells a story about Ilfa and Rabbi Yochanan, that they needed money. And when they, because they needed money, they went on this business venture to earn money. And once they went out, you know, I guess they went out sailing or they were on a boat. 
once they were started going out, Rabbi Yochanan heard somehow from uh, Malach that one of them was destined to become a great Talmud Chacham. And because he heard that, he assumed that he was, and he heard that, and and Ilfa didn't hear it. So Rav Yochanan assumed that he was the guy that was meant to be the big Talmud Chacham. So he left the business. He went back to the yeshiva, and he became, um, you know, a, a, you know, a great Rosh Hashiva. Um, when then, so ultimately, so he went back to yeshiva and became a great Rosh Hashiva. Ilfa went out and continued to do his his business. Um, when Ilfa came back, people said to him, "You know what?" Rabbi Yochanan became a great Tamachacham because he came back and went to yeshiva. You didn't because you went out to become business. So Ilfa, Ilfa always set out to prove that he he was just an equal Tamachacham to Rabbi Yochanan. So the whole point of this is that you know he's continually trying to say, hey, you know, show me, I, I can prove to you that I'm a great Tamachacham. So what he's doing here, he's on a boat, he's standing on the top of a sail, and Amar he says, back to the Gemara, Ika daase. If there's anybody, the Armali Milsa Deve Rabchiev Rabbi Yoshia, Vopashtina Le Nafilam Iskra Vitavana. So he said he's basically saying, if anyone could tell me a Baraisa that was taught by Rabchiev Rav Oshia. Right? So Baraisas are things that were not specifically included in Mishnayas, right? They were they were brought in later on. So um, so he's saying, if anyone could bring me a Baraisa, and from there I can show you how it really comes down in a Mishnah. And if I'm not able to find you that that proof. May, I should fall off the sail and drown, right? So again, he's trying to show his, you know, his his credibility, right? That he's a great Talmud Chacham. So Asa Hahu Sava So this old man came to him and gave him the, um, the told him this Baraisa. And the whole point of this, this has connection to some of the stuff we've already learned, but you know, somewhat indirectly. So Haomer, Someone says to a trustee, you know, after I die. Every week, give a shekel to my sons. So, give a shekel, one shekel per week. Sela is two shkalim. So, sela is twice as much. And they see that, based upon the economy, a shekel a week isn't going to be adequate, right? He needs at least a sela to be self sufficient, right? He needs food prices, inflation, whatever he sees, that he really has to give him a sela. So, even though he was told to give him a shekel once a week, he he this, he he realizes that he really has to give them a sella to be to make any difference. No him sella. He should give the sella. So even though he was told to give a shekel, um, the assumption is that if the father had recognized that inflation was going to come, he would have said give him a sella instead. However, im amar el shekel. If the word the 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 um, commandment that he given or the direction he given was give them only a shekel, right? Not Give them a shekel, but give them only a shekel, and you know, you know, theoretically, because he doesn't want all the money to go at once. A no mehem el shekel. He only is only supposed to give them a shekel at a time, not not the seller as he needed. Also, the im armor imesu yarshu acherim tachdem. If he says if they die before they use up my entire estate, other people should be able to inherit other than them. Um, so that, that's sort of implying that the, the father's goal is not to give them everything in their estate, but only give them this specific amount a, every week. Um, so bench amr tnu, bench amr altitnu. So whether he said give them a shekel, or whether he said give them only a shekel, in that case, um, if he again said if they don't use up what's in the estate before they die, give it to someone else, a no mahem el shekel. It means that the father really only wanted to give a specific amount per week to the to the children. It wasn't meant for them to be always, you know, use up his estate however it was. 
So that's a Baraisa. And again, the whole point is for, you know, hey, Ilfa, find me the Mishnah that quotes it. So Ilfa is going to come back to something related to our Mishnah. So Armalei, hi, money. Who's the Tana of this Baraisa that you just quoted to me? Going to the top of Ayin of Aleph. Rabbi Meir. This is Rabbi Meir from our Mishnah. Because Rabbi Meir in our Mishnah, what is he really teaching? You have to do what the um, what the mace told you to do. So again, our Mishnah started off with saying that if the father told the trustee to give um, to buy the field, Rabbi Meir's opinion was he has to listen to what the what he was told to do, right? So um, because he has to follow the the, um, the 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 directive of the of the father. So even though in theory, well, you know, once the father gives the money to the to the trustee and says, "Hey, trustee." Buy the, after I die, buy, buy this field for my daughter, that money is technically the property of the daughter at that point, but it's really the trustee has the right to um, do with it as he's directed. In this case, he has to do what he's told by the father. Um, so he somehow, basically, so basically what he's trying to say is our Mishnah is the ultimate source for the Baraisa, and it's basically saying what Rabbi Meir would have said. So Amar of Chista, Amar of Amar Mar Ukva, Hilchasa, this is the halacha. Bein she'amar t'nu, whether the father said, give them a shekel, give them one shekel at a time. Bein she'amar al t'nu, he only only give them um, one, only give them only a shekel. You know, so again, we said the verbiage was if he said only give them a shekel, to really only give them a shekel. No mechol What we should do is give them what they actually need, right? So if the inflation has happened, they really need a sella, give them a sella. The Gemara asks, But we just learned that the halacha should follow Rabbi Meir. What has Rabbi Meir said? You should do what the mace told you. What did the mace tell you to do? He told you to give a shekel a week, not to give, not, you don't have to make them totally, totally um, <coughs> cared for. Um, he doesn't want them to have access to the full estate. He wants to give them one shekel at a time. Gemara answers, that rule might apply in other cases. But in that case, um, we assume that he wants to be provided with what they need. Um, so in our case, so again, he's saying that there's multiple situations here. In our case, what we're talking about here is when he tells the, the trustee, give them a shekel a week, he wants to give them enough of an allowance to really be able to care for themselves. Um, so therefore, a shekel may, not, may no longer be adequate. He has to give them a selah. And when he says only a shekel, what he really means is Lazarino held Asi. He really wants them to be, you know, don't don't sit back and say, you know, I'm going to live off the old man's money, right? I want, I'm only going to give you a shekel a week, and the rest you have to earn on your own. Um, so therefore, you know, you, you know, therefore, even though the halacha might be Rabbi Meir, it depends upon the circumstances. The circumstances that we think it's because the father really wanted to care for them forever, or he wanted to give them just enough and make them earn enough on their own. Tanan Hasam. We learned in a, another mission. This mission is from Gittin. Hapaotos. So you have young children, and I think Rashi says that by this it means that it's someone who's eight or nine years old. So they're young, but not too young. Mechan, 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 What they purchase and what they um, and what they sell are valid when it applies to metaltalin, movable property. So typically. You, we know that um, an underage person doesn't have the right to make transactions. But what this, this allowance is, in the case of um, 
kids that, that, you know, if you if you didn't give them the right to buy and sell food, they would starve, right? Because they, they might be all out on their own. So you need to give them, if they're old enough, you would give them the right to buy buy and sell things to be able to take care of themselves. So therefore they have that they have that right to actually buy and sell when it comes to movable property, you know, food foodstuffs or whatnot. So I'm a Rafram. Loshano Elish Ancham Apotropus. This only applies when there is no apotropus. And apotropus is like an administrator of the for orphans, right? So if they're charged to take care of the needs of the orphans, then there's someone who has that responsibility to take care of them. But if they're they don't have someone who's there to take care of them, they um, then are given the right to buy and sell on their own. But if there's a if there's an administrator, an apotropus, ain mechan mechach, what they buy and sell is meaningless because that's the responsibility of the of the um, of the administrator, right? He's supposed to buy and sell for them. The only reason they were given this potential right to do so is so that they could take care of themselves. Me, my, how do I know this? Midiktani, which our Mishnah taught, ain masetana klum, and that we just learned. And then our Mishnah that what uh, the 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 miner does on their own is meaningless. So, um, so bottom line is that if there's an administrator, they don't have the right to do anything because what they're what they would do on their own is meaningless. The Dilma hecha de ikash shlish shani. Maybe it's different. In our Mishnah, we didn't talk about an apotropist. We didn't talk about an administrator. We talked about a, a trustee for a very specific purpose, right? We talked about um, the father basically makes this guy an agent to go buy a field. So it's not the same as appointing an administrator of an estate. So maybe there's a difference between what our Mishnah was talking about in this case. So Gemara answers, Imkain listening. If so, then what is the Mishnah should say? Um, it should say, in the case of a minor, the trustee should do what he was told to do. That's not the language of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, doesn't say that. The Mishnah says, Ain masik what the minor does on his own doesn't mean anything, right? It should be more specific if that was the case. It should say that the agent should do what he's told to do. So, my ain masik klum. So why does it say that the, what the minor does doesn't mean anything? Shmamina afilo ba'alma. We learn that in this case, that even in the um, case of a minor who of an administrator who doesn't have any other specific instructions, that the minor can't do anything on his own. The minor has to be dependent upon the administrator. So bottom line is that if there's an administrator, then the minor is you know apotropus. The minor is unable to buy or sell. How, the only case where he's able to buy or sell where there's no one to take care of them. So with this, we'll conclude the sixth parak. Congratulations to finish the sixth parak. Mitzvah Shem will continue next week. Uh, everyone should have a wonderful day.